the end of another busy day. You just saw 20, 30 patients, maybe more. Instead of heading home for dinner with your spouse or playing with your kids, you now begin your night job, charting. Charting is critical for patient care, billing, and medical legal liability, but it steals our focus from our patients, eats away at our time with our families, and keeps us up at night. The burden of always having another chart to complete drains all of us. Freed listens, prepares your notes, and writes patient instructions for you. Charting is done before your patient walks out of the room. Wait, because it gets better. Freed learned your style over time. It's AI, just like a human scribe would, except it will never quit on you. Freed is loved by 3,000 plus clinicians from every specialty. It's HIPAA compliant, takes 30 seconds to learn, and costs only $99 a month. You can try Freed for free right now by going to freed.ai, F-R-E-E-D.ai. Listeners of the Physician's Guide to Doctoring can use the code PGD50 for $50 off the first month. Welcome back to the Physician's Guide to Doctoring. On this week's episode, we have a guest host. So please be the same respectful audience you are for me and enjoy. Welcome to the Physician's Guide to Doctoring podcast. Joining as part of our podcast contributor series, I'm your host, Dr. Christine Goins, and I'm delighted to welcome a fascinating guest, Dr. Valerie Berry, a physician who has charted a unique path as a travel agent. Dr. Berry will share insights into her journey, exploring the motivations behind transitioning from medicine to travel, the impact on her life, and the unparalleled advantages of blending a medical background with a career in the travel industry. Join us for an enlightening conversation as we uncover the intersection of medicine and travel in Dr. Barry's inspiring journey. Enjoy the episode. Hey, this is Brad Block, host of The Physician's Guide to Doctoring. This is a personal and professional development podcast for physicians where we have experts on the show that try to teach us everything we should have been learning while we were memorizing Krebs cycle. So before we embark on this captivating journey of our guest and really dive into our discussion on the motivations, challenges, and joys of combining a medical career with the world of travel entrepreneurship, allow me to introduce our esteemed guest, meet Dr. Valerie Berry, a visionary and physician who gracefully transitioned from a medical career to become the owner of My Dream Travel. With over 15 years of experience as a travel advisor, Dr. Berry has built a successful travel business guiding and mentoring a dedicated team of agents. A licensed physician, she graduated from Meharry Medical College in 2001 and brings a unique blend of medical expertise and entrepreneurial spirit to her endeavors. Dr. Berry's journey took a turn in 2016 when she decided to shift her focus from clinical practice to building her travel business. As the proud owner of My Dream Travel, she has achieved platinum advisor status at her host travel agency and garnered recognition as a top 10 agency owner in both 2021 and 2022. Married to her medical school sweetheart since 2000, Dr. Berry is a devoted mother to two teenage girls 
Hannah and Zara, beyond her professional pursuits, she finds joy in workouts, outdoor activities, and cherishing moments with extended family and friends. Join us as we unravel Dr. Barry's inspiring story, exploring her transition from medicine to travel entrepreneurship, and navigating the intricate balance of family, medicine, and so much more. Welcome, Dr. Barry. Thank you so much. It's a pleasure to be here. All right. So let's delve into your really remarkable journey, blending, you know, your medical background with your unique career as a travel agent. Can you just start by just sharing with our audience what you currently do for work and how this transition came about? Yeah, well, right now I'm a travel agent. So the new term is travel advisor. So I have to make sure I say that. But so I'm a travel agent. So I help people on a day-to-day basis just put together trips. It can be an individual. It could be a family. It could be a big group of friends. Like a lot of sororities will have their reunions and I'll plan those trips. So on a day-to-day basis, I talk to clients, I plan their trips, I make payments. So that's what that's the main part of what I do. Recently, well, within the last two years, I've started taking, a lot of people will come and ask me, you know, how do I become a travel agent and can you help me? And so I've developed a team of agents. I have 11 right now, I think. I just help them get started. I mentor them. If there's some extra work that I have that I can't do, I pass on some trips to them. So that's primarily what I do right now. So I run my business. I'm the owner. Excuse me. I'm the owner. And owning a business is not something that I ever thought I would do. But it is quite a journey. It is, I mean, it's been just amazing learning all the things about this industry and being a business owner and all the things that come with it. Absolutely. And, and. Entrepreneurship is very exciting as a a journey. I mean, making such a significant career shift, I know it undoubtedly brings about some changes. Like, can you elaborate on how this transition came to be and then how it's like impacted your life, both personally and professionally? So there was one point that I remember in medical school where we were getting together with some of my friends and we were kind of writing down what we felt like we wanted to do for our future, like what we felt like our purpose was going to be. And everybody was writing these long dissertations about all the things they wanted to do and all the people they wanted to impact. And I had two sentences. I said, I want to be a wife and a mom and I like to write. And that has kind of carried me, or at least the first sentence, we'll, we'll leave the writing part off for now. But the part about being a wife and a mom is really what drove me. As I developed and as I went into my medical career, having a family and really being there for my kids was my primary driving force. Everything I did from the point I started working at the pharmaceutical company to doing clinical practice with my dad and brother, it was all about how I can arrange my life and my career so that I can be there for my kids as much as possible. So... By the time I had children, I was working with my dad and brother. We were practicing together. They are both gastroenterologists. We were in a small town and it was just wonderful. I mean, I got to work with like my two favorite people and I got to work part time. My mom was watching my girls while I was away. And then during the week when I wasn't working, I was homeschooling. 
So I just kind of put together this life that wasn't exactly like textbook, but it worked for me. It worked for my family. And so then one of the things that happens is, as a lot of moms and working moms know, is that everything becomes about everybody else. And so about when my daughter, my oldest, who's now 19, when she was about two, my friend was like, hey, let's be travel agents. I'm like, okay, let's do it. You know, I like to travel. And just like a lot of us, once you get a little money, you start to look into things that you want to do and places you want to go. And so I'd already started traveling a little bit. And so I decided to become a travel agent. So at first it was just very part-time, but it was my thing. It wasn't about the girls. It wasn't about medicine. It wasn't about my husband. It was just my thing. Over the years, I mean, it started out with maybe just one or two trips a year. And then it was like three or four. And it was all word of mouth. So people would just say, hey, you got to call my friend Valerie or Dr. Valerie is what they call me. They'll be like, Dr. Valerie, play my cruise. It just kind of went from there. So I was working part-time in medicine, doing the travel part-time, homeschooling my kid. And then in 2016, my dad retired. And so I retired too at the ripe old age of... I don't know, 42 or something. So I decided to retire from medicine and we moved to Arizona for my husband's job. And so at that point, I wasn't really sure what I was going to do with my travel business, but a house that wouldn't sell and some job changes, I needed to ramp up that travel business. And that's what I did. So I tapped into a group of doctors that I know. I don't know if I can mention the name here, but Mocha Medicine is a group of Black female doctors. And I tapped into that network that I had and started planning group trips for the ladies. And then they were like, well, I can't do this, but can you help me with this? I was like, yes, I can. And so that's how it kind of started. And so that's how I got bigger. And it's all just word of mouth. I went to medical school. I'm not a marketer. I'm not even an extrovert. So I don't know how to do business, but I know how to take care of people. And that's how my business has grown. I've taken care of people. They've told their friends and family about me. And that's how I got to where I am today. It's such a beautiful story and journey that you shared. And I love how you mentioned also there at the end is this idea that maybe you didn't know all the intricacies of, you know, what it takes to be an entrepreneur, but there were certain skills and expertise that you had as a physician that were easily transferable to your new career. And you could use these skills to prosper on your next leg of the journey, even after leaving medicine. So like having a medical background and working as you know a travel advisor, that switch, how do you really see those two worlds intersecting? And what advantages do you believe this blend of expertise brings to your lifestyle and your career? I like that question because I often wonder like what I learned in medicine and my career before this, how it's helped me. And I would say that being detail oriented is probably the number one thing. You know, when you're doing a plane ticket, you can't like, oops, I forgot the name. Just like you can't, or, you know, forgot the I and the name, or I forgot to add this, or oops, I got a date of birth wrong. And just like you can't make those mistakes in medicine, like you can't say 100 milligrams if you meant 10, you know? So being detail-oriented, that's probably the number one thing. And I think probably the second thing that kind of 
that I learned in medicine is being observant. I mean, as most doctors know, it's like you can't just, uh, we sometimes wish we could, but like when you see someone, you notice everything. Like you see, you pick up on little things. And when a patient is talking to you, you might read between the lines a little bit or, okay, they got uncomfortable with that question or they're holding their shoulder this way. And with the, the same way that happens in medicine, that happens with travel too. I know it sounds a little weird, but it's like, you know, when a person is like, yeah, well, me and my husband want to go here, but he really wants the beach and I really want, you know, so it's like, you just kind of, it feels so weird to like talk about them, but it's, it's the same thing, but it, it feels like less important to talk about the beach versus the mountains and then medicine. But those skills where you kind of read between the lines, you pick up on how people are feeling and what's important to them. It works for both fields. And I would say the other thing is that most successful doctors truly care about their patients. And the ones that actually want to stay in medicine and the ones that do stay in medicine, not saying that you don't. I feel like those people who are good doctors really do care about their patients. And that's the bottom line. No, none of us always like all of what surrounds it, whether it's insurance or, you know, the different things that are imposed on us as physicians, but we care about the patient. And I would say that that also translates to travel. Just like with patients, there sometimes can be troubled clients, you know, clients that maybe don't do what you tell them or don't read their documents or, you know, you have issues just like you do in medicine with patients. But deep down, you care about the client. You want to want them to be happy. You want them to have a good trip. And so that translates as well. If you travel agents that don't like their clients are not happy. <laughs> you know what I mean? Just like doctors who don't like their patients. I've had to tell a friend, like, I don't think you need to see patients anymore. You know what I mean? Like, I think you need to do something else. Because if you get to that point, then you're no longer really serving yourself or your patient slash client. For sure. And, and what a beautiful way to say that is really thinking about one, like having a passion for what it is that you're doing. You know, it sounds like that was something that you thought about even earlier on. And that's kind of one of the things that shifted you into the role that you're currently in. But having that passion, really caring about the people that you're working with, being detail oriented and also building on that connection, like really being connected with people enough to recognize when they're holding back or when they have fears or when they really are meaning something different than they're saying and how all of those skills, those transferable skills from medicine really bleed into your next life, your new role in health you to continue to prosper and enhance and elevate your life in this in this new place. So that's really, really helpful. And it, it shows that we're always so much more than doctors, like how <laughs> there's always so much more that we can do with our skills. So I'm just thinking back to your journey and how it was such a change and often these big transitions that we undergo come with some challenge. Could you shed a light on maybe any misconceptions or hurdles that you faced during this transition and how you were able to successfully navigate them? I would say the biggest misconception is that 
success in travel help happens overnight. Now, literally, sometimes it does because all it really takes is a big group trip or, you know, access to certain people and it can become big really quick. But for most people, it takes a while. So as you know, I've been in the business for over 15 years. And while I wasn't working at it full time, it does take some time to develop a client base and to figure out the business. I mean, they're, like I said, I went to medical school. They probably do better now with medical education, with teaching things about money and how to run a business and things like that. But like I saw my dad, you know, he just retired a few years ago and he started practicing in the early 80s. And he had to figure everything out about running a medical practice on his own. Like he didn't, no one taught him that. The same thing with the travel is that it does take time to learn the business, to, you know, figure out what your resources are, to think of the best way to even collect payments from people. I would say the biggest misconception is that the business grows really quick and that you make money really quick. So one thing is that money, you book a trip in January, you don't get paid on it until the people travel or until closer to travel or until after travel. So I may have booked a big cruise today, but I won't see that money until November, you know, of next year. And that, so I would say that's the big misconception is that the business can grow quickly, that you get paid fast and that you get paid a lot of money. Now, the thing is, you can make a lot of money in travel and a lot is relative. You know, when I'm talking to doctors, I'm always like, now, do you want to make doctor money in travel or just travel money? <laughs> you know what I mean? So there's a different, there's a, everyone has an idea of what good money is. So we'll just say you can make good money in travel, but it does take a lot of work. You have to have a lot of volume in most cases to make a lot of money in travel because you get paid a commission. So you have to book a lot of trips in order to make a lot of money to, you know, whatever you consider a lot of money. I don't know if that helps, but so I would say that was a big misconception. When I went from doing part-time travel to doing full-time travel, probably the biggest impact that that had on my life was the number of hours I had to put in it to make a certain amount of money. And I remember when I first went full-time and it became my only job, I would get up and work. Before the kids got up, I'd get them and we'd homeschool. I'd around lunchtime, I would work, 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 work while they're doing their homework. Then I'd drop them off at practice. Then I would come back and then work, 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 dinner, and I'd work. And I'd be up, last person up till 10, 11 o'clock at night working. So I'm not saying now, you see, I had a lot of other things going on. So it's not going to be like that for everyone. And again, I was like my dad, you know, new to practicing medicine. I was new to running a travel business, period. I didn't know. I would. I obviously didn't have the best practices. I didn't have office hours until maybe two to three years ago. <laughs> I mean, that was something I had to learn. Like, I have to cut it off. I have. Yeah, I can't take calls all day and all night. And, you know, I have to, you know, only take this number of trips. I'm learning that, you know, per week. So I'm not overwhelmed. So these are all things that I had to learn. So that was probably the biggest challenge was just learning how to manage my business and it's ongoing. But yeah, I would say a big misconception is how quickly you can become successful in this business and the amount of money that you make. So I really appreciate you shedding light on both of those. And it sounds like really the journey of entrepreneurship 
you know, really just learning how to run a business and what that takes. And there is a learning curve to it. There is growth, there is evolution (laughs) and expansion to that process. And it takes time. And so I really appreciate you really acknowledging that aspect because I think a lot of times with different businesses, all types, people think, okay, I'm going to start this business. And two months, three months later, I'm just going to make a million dollars, whatever it is that's in their minds. And it's just understanding that, no, this is really a journey. And not only the financial piece that grows over time, but also how you grow professionally, how you grow in your knowledge and your expertise of what you're doing and what you offer and how you have to shift different aspects of your lifestyle. Like you mentioned, balancing what you were doing also with, you know, caring for your family and how that was, you know, one of your main priorities as well. So that's really, really helpful to to hear about that. For those that are intrigued also by the prospect of not only maybe making money in travel, but saving on travel experiences, especially as a travel advisor or perhaps even wanting to or they've been thinking about owning their own travel company. Can you share insights into any potential cost savings and how it could benefit someone, even if, let's say, they're their own client in their business? Sure. So that's a great question, which and that's another misconception, I would say, about benefits of travel, because a lot of the benefits of becoming a travel agent happen based on your sales. And I'll talk about that. But the basic benefit that you get having a small or a home based business is, you know, I'm not a tax professional, but you do get those tax benefits by having your own business. So if you have business expenses, then those can be, you know, balanced off what you earn in that business or, you know, getting a part of your home as your home office, you know, you can write that off. So there's different write-offs that you get just from having a business. With it being a travel business, you, like I said, you get paid on commission. If your commission, we'll just say is 5% on a cruise that you booked, then you would save that 5% because that money would be your earnings. So that's the most simple way of saving money for like your personal travel. Sometimes there are travel agent rate with different hotels or different cruise lines might say, oh, they might flash. I get these things every day. Like these sailings are discounted for travel agents, but they're like next week or the travel agent rate that I want at the Marriott that I'm going to in two weeks is not available because it's all sold out or with those rates, they're great if you can take advantage of them but they don't always apply to what you need to do. So I tell people don't join the business for travel agent rates because you may not be able to use them. And I'm the kind of person that I'm not able to like plan my family trips around the discounted cruise that they're going to offer with a two-week turnaround time. (laughs) And most of us aren't able to do that. But I'm kind of getting at the point now where with my kids being older, my oldest daughter is a freshman at Hampton and my youngest is a sophomore in high school. So now I'm at the point where everybody's kind of more stable and I can kind of take advantage of maybe some of these last minute things. And I've done that this year, but up until now, and plus the fact that I'm not working anywhere else. So when I was working with my dad and brother, I couldn't just be like, oh, I'm going away next week when I've got a whole list of patients to see. I, I'm not able, a whole schedule of patients. So 
it's hard sometimes to take advantage of those opportunities. But so the basic benefit is you get your commission back on your personal travel. You do have access to some travel agent rates. And there are also trips called FAM trips, and that's FAM like familiarization. That's what it's short for, FAM. And these FAM trips are ways for different companies to bring you to their property, show you what they have to offer in hopes that you will post on social media or recommend them to your clients. Now, FAM trips are also kind of like the travel agent rates. Like there may be a FAM trip going to Punta Cana in three weeks or this certain date. It's not like you can choose a FAM trip. Now, okay, and I say that, it's not like you can choose a FAM trip. If you get enough sales and really got it like that with a certain supplier, they may let you do their, do your own FAM trip and come whenever you want. That's rare. So FAM trips are a good way to go and travel. But also with a lot of these FAM trips, you can't always bring your family. You can't always bring a guest. And sometimes you're even paired with people you don't know. Now, most companies that I work with don't do that. They don't do the pair with people you don't know. But you can't always bring a guest. And the guest often is not allowed to be a child. And then you're going on these trips and you're going to these fabulous places, but it also is work. So they often have a lot of site inspections that you have to do, which is fun, you know, if you're into it. But then you have like, sometimes you have presentations that you have to listen to group dinners. So it's not like you can just be like, oh, I'm going to Punta Cana and staying at a fabulous resort and like laying on the beach with your, you know, spouse, you are working. So you do get to see them, but it's not the same as like having a regular vacation. So I'd say those are some benefits being in the travel business. Wow. Okay. That's really helpful. And the way that you kind of laid it out and also spoke about some, maybe some misconception (laughs) that would come along with the idea of being a travel agency owner. For our audience with diverse travel aspirations, I'm just wondering is what you're referring to in terms of the benefits, is it more conducive to like short-term travel experiences, or if someone is traveling full-time the way that I do, is that also something that um, is more beneficial when it comes to like these different opportunities? Well, I would say you could, that there's benefits for both. So when like for locums doctors, if you booked your own travel and every hotel that you're in, you could make money off of you know, on top of what you're making from the position that you're taking, the temporary position you're taking, you can make money off of the travel. Um, You could, most agents charge a fee to book just an airline ticket. So when you book your own tickets, you could charge yourself a fee, but it's going towards your business, however you would do that. So I think that it works for both. Most people don't take, most people will take three to four trips a year. And so whether you're doing like, short trips or more, you know, business, a lot of business travel, you can benefit from it either way. It's just going to be different type of money, you know, with the short-term hotels or, you know, they aren't going to pay as much as maybe a $10,000 escorted tour. But the benefits I think would be for both. And is it different for clients who are primarily residing in the U.S. compared to those living abroad? Or does that not really change the the opportunities that are available? 
Yeah, I don't think it really changes the opportunity. I'm part, and thank you for mentioning that earlier. It seems, it's almost unbelievable that like I'm a platinum agent and the two years that I won the top 10, like they work him in the mail like three weeks later. Cause I'm like, wait, I got this, you know, cause I don't, I just work. I don't look at how much I'm making. I don't count my money, you know, all that. I don't look at everybody else. And so when I got those awards, I was like, I can't believe that I've achieved this level of success. But what I have learned is that there are people who have been doing this for a long time and have been successful in this business for a long time. And so there's other agents that I've met in the platinum group at my agency who have taught me a lot. And I mentioned them because there's a couple that live abroad. So there's one that lives in Mexico. There's one that lives in Amsterdam. I think that's where he lives. So they are able to do, the couple that live in Mexico, they're able to do this business and even lead teams of agents for even being remote. So the opportunity to sell travel, you can do it wherever you live. Really great to know too. So it sounds like it's also a career that has flexibility in it. Yeah, definitely. And that's the one thing that's kind of, that I like about it. And it's kept with my main goal from the beginning, which was to be a wife and a mom. I can bring my laptop anywhere I go. And if I need to be there for my kids, I need to go pick them up. I need to drop them here. I need to take them to practice. It's like, I can do that. And even when I've been traveling more lately, I can still get up and work. Like I was just on a trip to Egypt and, you know, I got up in the morning and got on my laptop and answered emails and then went to go, you know, explore the pyramids, you know? So it's like, you can do this business because a lot of it is online. A lot of it is by email. There are some calls that you have to make. And I, I do like to call initially and start with the client, but a lot of the things are just on the internet. So as long as you have Wi-Fi, you can really take your business wherever you are. That is so amazing. Just the freedom that you have and what you're able to do. Just reflecting on your own experiences, I'm wondering what's your most fulfilling travel experience that you've had since transitioning into your career and how has this enriched your journey? I would say my most fulfilling travel experience since I became part-time or full-time. I have to say how much I appreciate the support of my fellow doctors. I just get so much love. I, I might get emotional if I talk too much about it. But everybody is just so kind and so generous with their compliments. And I would say my most fulfilling travel experience was one of the trips that I planned out of necessity when I had to really ramp up my business to help our family survive. I did a group trip with the Mocha Docs to the Mediterranean. So we did a Mediterranean cruise and it was seven nights. And it was fulfilling to me for a few reasons. I had about 50, 50 people that came on this trip and I had never done a trip this big. I had never traveled with my, well, the year before I had traveled with a small group, but this was the first time I traveled with a group this big. I was bringing my family. So there were a lot of challenges. I think I said before, I am not an extrovert. I really like being at home. <laughs> I have a sweatshirt that says indoorsy. I do like to go outside, but I like to be by myself when I'm outside. So I'm not a big conversationalist. I'm not like, you know, and so I'm like, 
everybody knows me because I plan the trip and I book their things and we've been talking about the cruise. But then when I got on the cruise, I was like, oh, everybody knows me and I have to talk to everybody. And, you know, that's like literally how I felt. So personally, it was growth for me for having to kind of put myself out there and get out of my comfort zone and interact with people. And so that was one thing. And then the second thing was that, I mean, I saw the Leaning Tower of Pisa, the Coliseum, the Vatican, like it was so many like bucket list things on this cruise. So that was amazing too. And I got to share it with my family. And I would say the third reason it became like something I'll never forget. So I mentioned before that this was a group of Mocha Docs. Some of them came together. Some of them brought their friends and family with them. And there were a group of single moms that came. And their kids, they brought their kids along. This is emotional. But they brought their kids with them. And this was like the last day of the cruise. We were in Palma, Mallorca. And we were doing a beach day. So everybody was just kind of like in the water. We were all in this little shallow area. We were just kind of having conversations here and there, you know, playing. Some of the kids were playing. And I looked over and I saw these three women. And they were kind of hugging, you know, not quite hugging each other, but just kind of had their arms around each other. And they had their heads down and they, it was just, they were just, it was such a beautiful moment to see and to know that, you know, of course it was their friendships that, that created that moment for them, but just that I was able to put something together to allow them to come together in this way. And just, I mean, something I haven't forgotten and I hope they haven't either. They'll always have that memory you know, and they'll always know that they, I don't know, it just solidified their love and friendship. Of course, I'm adding all this stuff into it. But when I saw them together and they were just so, it just was a moment of happiness. So that was probably the most meaningful travel experience I've had since I made the transition. Like, it's so powerful, though, to be able to be a part of creating that experience for a group of people. Wow. And and you touched on so many <laughs> different things that... I want to come back to, first of all, I really need to know where you got that T-shirt because I do need one of those endorsee shirts. So like, you know, as an introvert as well, like just how you were able to face any fears or, you know, how you were able to move into the space of bravery and courage around what you needed to do at that time in your life to support your family, to support yourself. Because I know that there are a lot of docs out there who are also wondering how to make these kind of transitions in their own lives. And I'm just wondering if you can speak to being someone who maybe wouldn't naturally go out and do some of the things that you did, but how you were able to kind of move into that space where you were able to accomplish so, so many wonderful things like having this experience and creating that for Mocha Docs and also how you were able to achieve all of the accomplishments that you have within, you know, your field. How did you make that happen? That's a hard question, but I have to answer. I have to answer in the most honest way possible. I attribute my relationship with God to every accomplishment and every ability to push past and to do things that I'm afraid of, to face things that I'm afraid of that I couldn't face. 
ultimately, that's the answer. Secondary reasons, the answers would be necessity. I've been talking to my daughter about this. It's like, I have struggles. We all do. And, but are we, but we have to move forward. We have to get past those struggles. We have to focus on what's important. And in that moment, I had to decide, you know, being afraid of what I was facing, you know, even with, it's hard. And I'm glad I'm talking to another introvert. It's hard for people to understand what it's like to even sometimes have a conversation. Like small talk is like, oh my gosh. It's like, am I going to let this keep me from moving ahead and moving forward? You know, and it's like at a certain point, you get sick of being cased in by your fears, by your issues, by your problems. It's like you just want to be free. It doesn't mean that they're gone, but it's like, I don't want that to control me anymore. And so it's like for people who want to transition careers or jump into that, you know, new relationship or whatever it is that you are trying to do or that's difficult to do, it's like looking at that place versus where you are now. And it's like, I got to do what I got to do to get out of the place that I'm in right now because I don't want to be here. And so I just had to, it, it was a choice. It was a decision, a choice that I wanted to be different, that I wanted to do more and that I needed to do more and I had people to take care of. And so it's like those things became secondary. I think what you're speaking to is really tapping into your true values and letting that be your guiding light, you know, and also tapping into your true source, you know, where your help comes from, where your strength comes from, where your courage comes from. And so I think that's really significant, really important reminder for people to who are also wanting to move into a, a new space that they haven't been able to do so before. So I thank you for that. I'm also wondering, you know, in all the work that you do, I find your role in people's travel experiences is so inspiring. Like, how are you able to tap in and assist others in really realizing their own travel aspirations? And like, what value, what unique value do you believe your guidance kind of brings to whether they're fellow physicians or other people that you're assisting? Like, how do you really use your gifts and kind of tap in and add value? to their experience? Sure. I think as with anything, you know, and we're kind of going back between physician and travel agent, you know, sometimes you see a patient and it's just as easy as, okay, you have an ear infection, I'm going to write this antibiotic. So sometimes, you know, I don't add a lot to a person's vacation experience. They want to go on virgin voyages, they're going to go, you know, we're going to book this cruise and that's it. But then sometimes I help them, especially when there's like a I'll give you an example. I have a honeymoon couple or a couple that's planning their honeymoon and they, you know, want to go everywhere. I mean, it's the beginning of their life together and they want to do all these things and they have all these dreams. They're young too. So they have all these places that they always wanted to go. And so I've been able to, in that situation, kind of let them know, like, this is, you know, God willing, this is one of many trips that you're going to have. And, you know, sitting 20 something years after I've got, after I was married, you're going to be tired after your wedding. So this may not be the trip to go to 
Australia. You know what I mean? Because you're going to be tired. You just need a place to rest, right? And kind of recoup. So in those type of situations where you've got someone who has is not really sure what exactly this trip is going to look like, I'm able to let them know, help them narrow down what they want and what they really need out of the trip. And that's where we start from. Like, what do you really need? Do you really need rest? Okay. So this is what, this is the direction you go. Do you really just need some time to get out and move your body? Okay. This is the direction that we're going to go. Do we need to do something that's a little bit lower, you know, on the pay scale so that we're not going to interfere with college tuition? Let's go in this direction. So in those cases, I'm able to kind of find really nice things for people based on where they are and what their needs are and what that specific trip means for them. That's beautiful. That's beautiful. And I like how you mentioned that it's different for different scenarios, for different clients. And it's how you use your expertise and your knowledge of what they're needing in the moment to see what you need to add and tap in. So Dr. Barry, thank you for sharing your valuable insights, your expertise with us today. Before we wrap up, do you have any final thoughts or advice for our physician listeners who really want to serve and bring value to others just as you do, but they also want to travel, they also want freedom, and they want to live lives that they love? Well, I think kind of going back to where we started, you know, my keeping in mind, like what it is that you want out of your life. And I knew early on, you know, where my focus was going to be. And I would say to ask yourself, like, am I doing what I thought I was going to be doing when I got started? Am I feeling the way I thought I was going to feel when I got started? And then try to, and even in small ways, try to get there whether that's adding a yoga class or taking a trip or starting to volunteer somewhere else. But it's like we have to get that fulfillment in small ways. And one thing I wanted to do was to be, I I didn't really say this, but one thing that I really wanted was to be a stay-at-home mom and not work at all. Like that would have been, I think most of us wouldn't mind doing that, (laughs) but that's what I really wanted. But I never, I'm not even there now, but I got as close to that as I could. I worked part-time, but I still was home like three days a week with my kid. So that wasn't exactly what I want, but it was close. And so that's what I always try to tell people is like, if you can't get to exactly what you have in mind, get as close to it as you can. You know, keep fighting for it. I'm still fighting for it. I need to keep pushing my husband towards, you know, that next promotion. But, you know, I'm still fighting for the lifestyle that I want, the type of family environment that I want, the type of lifestyle that I want for the way that I live and all of that. I'm still fighting for it, but I'm going to get as close to it as I can. So for people, for physicians out there that are looking for something else to do, start small. The travel business is a great business to start small because you don't, it's not like you have to work a certain number of hours. It's all at your own pace. So if you take one trip this year and plan it and do a great job and like, that's it, then you've done it. You've done your business. You've planned a trip. If next year you want to take two to three, 
If next month you decide, I think I can take a few more, it's totally at your own pace. And what I'm also looking forward to is doing this into my retirement. I know the gray hair makes you think that I'm a little old. No, but I have a good amount of years left before I officially am at retirement age. But this is something that I can still do when I'm into my 60s and 70s. I can still book a cruise. I can still take a group on a girl's trip. You know, it's like those things can still be done into my retirement age. So I'm, I'm looking forward to taking this business at a slower pace into my retirement years. Wow. There's so many gems there. And the dream continues and you just keep moving closer and closer and closer. I love that. And for those who are wanting to learn more, wanting to work with the lovely Dr. Barry, where can listeners find you? Well, okay. So I told you I didn't go, I went to medical school and not business school. So I do have a website, but I won't direct you there. Just call me. My number is 678-428-5949. I'm also on Facebook under my regular name, Valerie Berry, and my email. I'll give you the shorter one. It's valberry1 at gmail.com. I am slow to launch things on my social media. Like I have an Instagram. I do have a business page on Facebook, but I'm just busy. So that's one of those areas like I need somebody to come do my social media and stuff. But really the best way to get in contact me is just to call, to email. That's what I like to do anyway. I tell people I have a website, but don't go on there. Like we can get more accomplished in a 10 minute phone call to discuss what you want than you browsing my website. So yeah, that's the best way to get in contact with me. Just call me. All right, y'all. So call Dr. Barry. You know how to get in touch with her. Thank you so much, Dr. Barry, for just sharing this time and space and for all the valuable lessons that you provided today. Oh, you're welcome. And thank you for having me. I feel honored and definitely a privilege to talk to you. You're amazing. All right. So thank you so much. Thank you for joining us in this episode of the Physician's Guide to Doctoring podcast. Our sincere gratitude goes out to Dr. Barry for providing unique insights into her transformative journey from physician to travel advisor. If you enjoyed this episode and want to connect, you can learn more about me at thephysiciansguidetodoctoring.com slash Dr. Goins. Please consider subscribing to the podcast and leave a review. Your feedback is invaluable in helping us continue to provide meaningful content for physicians and their families. Stay tuned for upcoming episodes featuring more intriguing discussions, expert interviews, and practical advice to elevate both your personal and professional life. Visit our website for additional resources and detailed show notes. As physicians, we navigate the dual responsibilities of caring for our patients and caring for ourselves. Striking that balance is paramount And our podcast is here to support you throughout this journey. Thank you for being an essential part of our community. We eagerly anticipate sharing more knowledge and experiences in episodes to come. Until next time, take care, stay well, and continue making a positive impact on the world. Thanks for listening. I have a favor to ask. You listened to the episode until the end, which means you either fell asleep or you really liked the episode. So please share it or like it or comment on a social media post. 
or write us a five-star review, something. It would really help me out. And maybe what you learned from this episode can help someone else too. The views expressed in this episode are those of the interviewer and interviewee and don't represent the views of their employer or even their significant other. Even though the magic of podcasting make it sound like I'm talking directly to you. This is not a doctor-patient relationship and this is not medical advice or financial advice or really any advice. Thank us again for listening to the Physician's Guide to Doctoring.